Hello, I am Scott Barber, host of the Landscape Ontario podcast, where we discuss the issues that matter to horticulture professionals. On this episode, I'm joined by Vanessa McQuaid and Rob Murray from Intrigue Media, which empowers businesses in the home improvement space, helping them get noticed by A-level clients. We're going to touch on their growth on purpose concept, which they're going to go into in full in their interactive and really fun session at Congress conference in January. They spoke at Congress in the past, and if you've seen them, you know they bring a great energy. You should definitely check it out. They really know their stuff, and their passion for the landscape industry is palpable. Visit LOCongress.com for details. I hope to see you there. But first, please enjoy our conversation. It's coming up next. Are you new to the horticulture and landscape profession? Are you looking to improve your skills and build your qualifications? Or are you an employer looking to support, upskill, and retain your team? Registering for the Horticultural Technician Apprenticeship Program is an excellent way to further your career in a field you love while still earning a paycheck. As an employer, you'll benefit from your team members' new skills, increased job satisfaction, and ultimately supporting your staff retention. Apprenticeship is a combination of on-the-job training provided by your employer and in-class training at Fanshawe, Humber, or Algonquin College. Financial incentives and grants are available along the way to help cover costs for both apprentices and employers. And the best part? Landscape Ontario is here to support you at every step along the way. So what are you waiting for? Learn more, attend one of our in-person sessions, or register at our website, horticulturetechnician.ca. So, Rob, Vanessa, could you start by telling me, telling the audience a bit about what Intrigue Media is? Yeah, for sure. Happy to. Um, I mean, what we are is a committed group of people that want to help entrepreneurs, you know, win. So how do we do that? Um, You know, our purpose at Intrigue is empowering leaders to strengthen communities. It's kind of ingrained in everything that we do. Our goal is to support entrepreneurs to build businesses that are bigger, faster, stronger, so that at the end of the day, they're the guy, they're the folks that you know, hire families and communities that support the local soccer teams, you know, that make the world go round. Um, And so in our experience doing this for whatever, almost 50 or 15 years plus, um, it's kind of like under supported. Um, And when it comes to marketing and and helping folks um, grow their business on like the revenue side, it's kind of tough to tell like who you can trust and like who does a good job and who doesn't um, until you start working and paying lots, like lots of money. Um, so like, like I mentioned, we started this in 2006, technically according to, you know, any government 2007. Um, and it was, there was two of us, co-founder Paul and myself, um, Vanessa joined us in 2012, um, now also an owner in the company. Um, and so we're a digital marketing company that focuses on the home improvement and construction space with a niche very specifically geared towards um, supporting landscape entrepreneurs, essentially you know what Carly, one of, she always says that one of our team members, make more money and have more fun. That sounds, that sounds pretty good. Um, we all, we all need to do that. Uh, and of course, Landscape Ontario, as you guys know, having been involved with our Congress, uh, Congress conference over the years, uh, we have lots of those small business, small, medium business sized businesses uh, that are that just like you said, you know, these are often family businesses. These are people that employ uh, a lot of folks uh, across Ontario. And um, so I want to talk about, um, if we could, shift into, you know, what you guys are going to be discussing at Congress this year in January, the conference, um, which is the growth on purpose um, 
idea. Could you tell, uh, could you both sort of describe what that means? What what, what are you going to be describing at the, the conference? Yeah, for sure. So I'll, I'll give you like a kind of a, a cursory summary and dive into a couple of spots. Vanessa is going to be presenting on a couple of spots so we can kind of hit this up from both of us. But the whole idea of growth on purpose is to build a company that isn't dependent on the entrepreneur to function day in, day out and deliver world-class customer experience. So there's two kind of fundamental components there. One is it's no longer dependent on the entrepreneur to run the day-to-day and that customers and clients receive world-class experiences. And so we've built a framework around not only how we've built our own company, but helped you know hundreds, if not thousands of entrepreneurs do this. And it really starts with this like upside down triangle of everything beginning with purpose, vision and values, which then creates the cornerstone and foundation to be able to attract a great team, attract great clients. And when we have like-minded team members and like-minded customers working together, we get this world-class experience. So I, I spend a bunch of time speaking about some of the foundational components around um how important and why we want to use things like purpose, vision, and values in a local entrepreneurial setting. So I'm not going to use examples of like Starbucks and Tesla, because I find a lot of times in talks, those are the examples used and they're just very difficult to relate to. We're going to talk about like local organizations that are like aspiring to make the world a more beautiful and safe place through landscaping and how that turns into um, a really great platform for recruiting awesome team members and attracting great clients. Then Ness is going to talk about the attracting clients piece. So I can maybe pass it over to you. Sure. To speak yeah. To that. Yeah, for sure. And then on the attracting a clients, and that's more on the the marketing side of things. But if you're built off that purpose and who you're trying to attract, then you ultimately are going to attract the right clients that you enjoy working with and want to come to work every day and continue to serve opposed to the ones that make you want to rip your hair out. Um, so we go through not only how to generate more leads because a lot of those in the landscape space, especially in the last couple of years, haven't necessarily needed an increased quantity of leads, but really around the idea of um, how do you tailor your message to speak to the audience that you want to go after so that you can get more of the right clients, more of those that you would replicate over and over again, which is a clients, awesome clients. um, And that's really the focus on the marketing side. So quality over the quantity side. Absolutely. That's definitely key. And you mentioned too, is is the same idea on the uh, recruiting of, of teams as well. Um, that I know uh, for landscape contractors across Ontario, probably certainly across Canada and beyond, I'm sure, you know, like many skilled trades have, you know, a really challenging time recruiting and then retaining good, good quality staff members. Is that, could you talk about where, where that comes into this um, mindset or strategy? Yeah, for sure. So um, there's a whole bunch of layers to it. It's a complex thing, right? Um, one side of the coin is there's a lot of folks in landscape space saying there's nobody, like there's nobody to come. And even when we do hire them, they don't necessarily show up there. They show up for two days and they don't come back. Um, so finding people is very difficult. Unemployment rates, super low. Now the economic climate that we're about to move into over the next six to 12 months, that's going to change. So I think there's an opportunity coming in front of us to grab some really great talent. But if we just go back and just, you know, sit in the situation that we're in today of a lot of people having a really hard time finding great people, um, I think there's this huge opportunity for leaders to step up and attract awesome people. People when they when they when they go to work, you, me, everybody, we want to grow. We want to be part of something bigger than us. We want to have purpose. We want to have autonomy in how we do things. We want to work with a great team. We want to be in a good environment. We want to be, 
you know, fostered. We want to be in a safe place. There's all these things. And so when some, as a leader, if we can start to live out an authentic purpose of like what we believe in every day. So at Intrigue, I said, we empower leaders to strengthen communities. That's it's in our DNA, you know, whether I'm here or anybody, it, there's routines, habits, and traditions that bring that to life. People that believe in that idea and that love those routines, habits, and traditions love this place. They thrive. Now that's not true for everybody. Some people come in, they're like, oh my God, what is this? And then they leave because it's self-selected and it, and that's okay too. But I think a lot of times people are starting or trying to recruit on like good pay, benefits, you know, good hours, career development. And it's not necessarily leveraging the things that people really want, which is a bit more, if you remember the Basel's hierarchy of needs, we're going to address this in the talk, but it's kind of like this leadership crisis. If we can start to realize that for the first time in history, a 35-year-old person can quit their job and go home to their parents and it's okay. So the the necessity of a paycheck to put food on their table and a roof over their head isn't nearly what it was 30 years ago. Um, and what we look at, if we look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, there's um, physiological needs, which is like straight up food, water. There's um, safety needs, you know, um, having clothes on our backs and roofs over our heads. And then there's social needs and esteem needs. And then eventually there's like um, self-enlightenment or empowerment needs. And they can't be fulfilled until the one below it has been. <clears throat> but the first two are fulfilled regardless of whether you have a job. So trying to get people to stick in a, in a gig because they're getting paid just doesn't cut it anymore. So as leaders, we have to help our team grow. We got to step up as leaders to provide really great environments, build places where people can get their social needs met, where they can get their self-esteem needs met. Um, and we're going to walk through a whole bunch of like tools and tactics on, on how you can go about doing that. And like, you know, one of the questions um, we're, we'll ask the group is just like, you know, if you had to rehire your team, would you enthusiastically rehire everybody on your team? Um, and so we'll see how they respond to that. But like when, when you get to, you know, 70, 80, 90% of the people on your team are yeses, well, that actually creates this like all-star environment. Like everybody wants to go play for Golden State because they're amazing. And then when you create that high performance organization, people want to go. It's attractive. So there's there's a whole bunch of kind of pieces to the puzzle. And we're going to break it down in a model that I think people can use like tactically and like leave with some like real actionable takeaways. That sounds that sounds really great. Uh, as as you know, it, it definitely is um, probably, you know, certainly in the landscape space. Issue number one is. Um, mm -hmm is, is people. And, uh, you, you, you mentioned, and I think those are, that's really interesting about, you know, the current culture, the current society is so different than it was a generation or two ago. Um, and yeah, that 30 something year old, um, that used to really depend on that paycheck, uh, maybe, maybe doesn't always anymore. And it's a very different world and, and we think differently. Um, you know, it's a different generation now, generations as now the, uh, I guess as Gen Z is now into the workforce. So, um, yeah. Um, yeah, this be... is great. Now millennials are going to get cut a break, right? Now we can start Maybe. Finally, the think finally. pieces. Uh, I'm sure the think pieces are coming on Gen, Gen Z. Uh, 100%. Time now. Um, okay. What What is it? You've done Congress. It, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but you've done Congress before. Um, what What do you like about being part of that um, event? Yeah, we spoke twice and been at least three to four times um, and excited that it's going to be back in person this year for sure. It's just an amazing group of people that get to come together. And I think the landscape space in particular and what you guys have created at Landscape Ontario is this connection that doesn't necessarily exist in all industries where 
entrepreneurs come together to figure out like how everybody can grow their business and do better together. So um, that's really inspiring from my perspective and also just good people. Everyone that knows I'm very social. I like to chat with people and Congress is a good space to be able to get everyone together and have a drink or two and have some fun. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely lots of, lots of chances to chat and meet yeah. a ton of people, uh, which is great. Well it's, well, it's also a really cool way to like get a ton of perspective in a very short period of time, right? Like mm-hmm. um, we we talk to landscape entrepreneurs, whatever, all day, every day, all year round, but we don't get to talk to 500 in three days, you know, like that kind of density of feedback and like hearing each other speak about some of the common issues, challenges, opportunities that they have. Um, and then just watching people like share it's I, th- I find it really neat to see how open the the culture is of like the landscape community kind of what Vanessa was saying before everybody's really trying to help each other and make each other better so which is just you know you don't necessarily see that in a lot of spots like I won't name the industry or the company but um, we were doing a podcast for a, a group and we we called like an industry leader and we're like hey would you mind coming on this show and 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 sharing some of your best practices and tips so that these entrepreneurs can like learn from like some of the best in the business and they kind of laughed and chuckled like why would we do that like wouldn't we just be helping our competition and it was just like whoa what whereas with landscape uh, I don't find that at all it's quite the opposite I think I think it's why LO is is worked and going on fifty years um, in twenty twenty three because uh, there is that sort of camaraderie. Of course, you know, of course, you know, many landscapers are competing for the same jobs, the same work. But uh, fortunately, it, it does seem like the um, you know the the rising tide has floated all boats, and by working together uh, and sharing, it's really uh, grown the industry and that, that benefits everybody. So no pun intended. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let me ask you why, why for intrigue is, as you said, has sort of the niche in the landscape, uh, or sort of focuses on that landscape side. Why, why landscaping? Why did that, um, how did that come to pass and, and what that's, what has that been like? Vanessa really just wanted a nice backyard. So we figured if we had a bunch of clients that were in experts in the space, then she'd have like the best backyard in the neighborhood. So she's Perfect. got a lot of pull around here and there we are. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, I have to give a shout out to Dave Kerr from Kerr and Kerr Landscaping. He was probably our first landscape client years ago. And he actually dragged me out to the first Landscape Ontario event and then LO Congress. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where it all started. And we had a lot of wins and successes with him. And then it kind of just snowballed from there yeah like the biggest thing we did a couple of years ago is just look internally to say where are we bringing the most value where are our clients the happiest mm-hmm. where is our team doing the best work and it was just like we were just crushing it for landscapers so it was like well, why don't we just double down and grow this client space because we know how to win and the clients that come on board stay they love it the experience is great our team has a ton of fun doing it and we're all like making money and having fun you know so um and then there's this like neat thing with landscapers in Canada and the U S and all across the world. But if you consider the industry, it's responsible for how our countries look, you know, like you drive through an urban area or a suburban area, or even a rural area, landscapers are part of the aesthetic of our environment. And I think they get a bit of a short stick, um, like the short end of the stick or the short straw, however you want to describe it in terms of like the nobility of the actual profession, but it's so important. And man, especially folks that are in snow, um, there's nothing more important than people that get rid of snow. And you know, at least you hear it from people when it's not gone. Um, and I just think that they're just like, I don't know, really cool group of folks that are making a difference. And 
in, in a really, really cool way. We also yeah. love being outdoors all the time. Yeah, that, that, that doesn't hurt either. Um, and, and yeah, the aesthetic part. And then, of course, um, you know, our cities need those green spaces. Um, we need, uh, you know, not just beautiful, but functional green spaces to help keep our cities cool, clean our air, uh, sequester carbon. I mean, it really does go on and on. You talk about purpose. And I'm sure uh, you hear a lot uh, more and more people that talk about some of the things I just mentioned in terms of their purpose and, and perhaps in terms of the purpose of the folks that are coming into their companies. What what are you hearing or what have you been hearing from landscapers, your clients about, um, you know, about what's what's working for them when it comes to that that purpose side that you mentioned? Well, I mean, to be quite honest, a lot of them don't have it. They haven't taken the time to articulate it. And we would love if people spent more time working on that stuff because it can really um, un like unleash potential. But then there's a couple of folks that do and they run really great ships and their teams are having a lot of fun and their clients are having great experiences. Um, but I would say out of 10 clients, one would have a well-articulated purpose and authentic core values, meaning they live them authentically day in and day out, not just have them written down on a memo or on a boardroom wall. Um, I find a lot of folks when going through core values, us included, and lots of clients, not just landscapers, know they need to have core values. Um, so they go through the exercise and they pick a lot of words that they like. They don't necessarily have like teeth in terms of like them being lived day in and day out. So they kind of go stale and they kind of don't have a lot of meaning. Um, whereas I, I find if people are a bit more real with like what it is they actually believe in, and we're going to go through an exercise with people, um, at the show, but like one of the things we talk about with entrepreneurs is, and I mean, this is probably not for the audience. This probably doesn't uh, apply to them. It's just other people, but every once in a while, there'd be an entrepreneur who'll be working with their team and somebody will do something so bad that they'll shake their head and go, Oh my God, what are you doing? Like they might not even say anything. They're just cringe. Their blood will boil. And they'd be like, how could you possibly do that? Like one time we had somebody mention in a group setting that they were watching YouTube videos and their favorite YouTube video, this is all while at work for hours. And it's just like, how could you possibly think it's okay to communicate like that? And realizing that accountability and getting our stuff done and doing what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it's really important values here. <clears throat> but we find that, I find that if you look at the, the things that really make your blood boil, it's the opposite of that. That is where a, a core value lives authentically. And I found working with a bunch of entrepreneurs over the last couple of years with that lens has really helped them understand how to identify core values that are like of like authentic, meaningful value for a company. So I think that's a really important piece. That's a really cool way of looking at it. And I'd love to be there to hear some of those cringe moments too <laughs> from a group. Cause I'm sure uh, in a group at, at a place like uh, the Congress conference. Yeah. Like, you know, like you, when, when you come back after a day of being out on the field and you leave the truck uh, with no gas. Yeah, exactly. People yeah, love sure. that. But that's oh, a lack yeah. of accountability and, and you're not taking care of your team because the next day someone's going to come in and have to deal with your mess. So there's some core value there that's probably making people stoked. Absolutely. Um, let's let's stick with that um, in terms of what you're hearing. What what? So we're, you know, you mentioned it earlier, um, Rob, about, you know, we're, we're, we're likely moving into a different period than we've been in and from an economic sort of uh, perspective. What, what are you hearing from clients right now? And I guess, what are you telling them as we enter sort of a maybe a trickier period? And actually, you talked about opportunities. Maybe there's opportunities there, too. Lots of opportunities. Ness, um, do you want to take this one? You want me to go first and then you can add to it? or what? Yeah, just like around that the changing economy and 
maybe exactly. the the feel of leads slowing down that we've seen across the industry not as they're still great but it's just that impending like it's it's slowing down compared to what we've seen over the last couple of years so i think you had a couple of pieces there rob on the on heloc and yeah so yeah. i mean like we're we're seeing like so this time last year a bunch of people were booked until the end of august already mm-hmm. now we're hearing people that are booked till the end of may <clears throat> so essentially what we see is we see three type of um kind of personalities popping up right now one is saying <clears throat> the sky is falling um i better start hoarding my cash and i'm going to brace for the storm um other folks are saying things like hey i know it's going to get soft i want to sharpen my sword so i'm going to strengthen my sales process i'm going to make sure i'm strategically positioned in the marketplace to go after higher value clients that aren't going to be affected as much by this recession and then we've got other people that are just completely ignoring it. They're just like, everything's fine. I'm booked till the end of May next year. This is just, it's not going to impact me. I, I, I don't need any help. None of them are wrong, right? Um, but what we've seen time and time again, through 2007, 8, 9, um, the recession that happened then, COVID was a great example too. Everybody who left the market, when the economy kicked back, they were left in the dust. Everybody who stayed in market, and like either double down or just maintained their position in terms of like ad spends and the way that they're marketing to their customers and using the email and all the tools that they have available to them came out stronger than ever. <clears throat> and we usually find there's a consolidation that happens because there's a bunch of people that can't afford a downturn. And so the strong companies that good cash positions, like the best strategy for a recession is cash. If you, if you don't have cash flow, you don't have a company. And so I think that's one thing that from a fundamental perspective is making sure that you've got good forecasting on cash flow. Um, but from a marketing perspective, <clears throat> and Vanessa just alluded to this idea, we're hearing people like up to 90% of their clientele last year were working on projects paid for by a home equity line of credit. And so that the, the cost of that HELOC vehicle or home equity line of credit vehicle is going way up. We all know that. And it's not going to stop. There's going to be another interest rate hike in November or December. Um, so then, well, what can you do about that? <clears throat> One is you might have to try to find cheaper financing options for your customers, which I'm not sure was the best idea because money's going to be expensive. Um, but a great way to do that is to focus on a, a higher end clientele. And there's a bunch of ways to position yourself. Niching a, seg- a customer segment is a really important piece. Like a lot of landscapers say like, that they're a full service landscape company, um, which is means very little to the customer because there's a lot of things that could mean there's a lot of things it doesn't mean anyway whatever but if i'm a landscaper that's um specialized in suburban landscapes um specifically in a geography i can leverage the fact that i understand how to make the most out of you know a medium-sized space or if i'm a landscaper in an urban setting i can make the most out of a tiny space and i can tell you how great we are and how well we know your city that you live in and what we've done in your city and show off great spots that look just like yours. Or if, you know, just this, I'm just using space as one of the ways to niche. Um, if you're a rural landscaper or you want to go after cottages, estates, second homes, um, then you can, because those three customer segments all have different problems. <clears throat> and the biggest thing that I think this is true, regardless of economic um, period, is that uh, the vast majority of customers that before they work with us and just period, all their marketing material is about them. You know, we have this much years experience, we have this machinery, we have this quality, we have this integrity, we have, it's this us, us, us. What we want to flip it towards though is, 
the main customer and the problems that customer has and how we have the experience to solve those problems. And there's this fundamental principle of people buy from people they like, know, and trust. People trust people that are like them. I can demonstrate I'm like you by articulating your problem better than you've thought about it because I've done it so many times. And as I do that, I'm going to build trust with you on a website, as example, um, way better than a competitor that's talking about themselves. Because at the end of the day, no one really cares about you. They care about what they're trying to accomplish and the problems they have. So can you solve my problem? Can you help me accomplish my goal? And we need to flip a little bit towards helping customers see themselves in your marketing material because then they can relate a lot faster. You can build trust a lot faster. And usually that helped, and that happens a lot easier when you niche and segment your customer type. That's a big thing that has to happen, I think. And you it doesn't matter. around if you're like talking to everyone that you're talking to no one. So similarly to that point, if you niche, then people are like, oh, they know what I need opposed Absolutely. to being like, is this the right company for me? And then there's this trap that entrepreneurs fall into being like, well, if I niche, then I'm going to lose out on all this other business. Um, but Every single time, you know, and, and Vanessa talked about this, we have ABC clients, right? We have awesome clients. They love us. They love what we do. They don't bat at the price. They get the value. They refer people. They smile when they see you. They think you're awesome. You have B clients who can become A clients. They just need a bit of a nudge. And then we have C clients who are complainers and they suck the life out of your everyday company, whatever. <clears throat> There's a common denominator in the C clients. There's a common denominator in A clients. And we just got to let them go. Um, and the, the funny thing is the more focused you get, the more profitable the jobs get because your team gets better at doing them. Um, the, it's way easier to accurately estimate quote, whatever, like the, the benefits of getting super specialized and niched outweigh the idea that you will miss out on a job, um, that's outside your wheelhouse. There's enough jobs. For sure. For sure. You know, that we could probably, um, you know, chat and, and hit on uh, a whole bunch of things, you know, sort of all afternoon. But I, I think maybe unless there's anything else, maybe we just leave it there for now and, and hope and my, my sort of hope and expectation is some of the folks listening are going to be uh, intrigued enough that I actually didn't mean to do that pun, but <laughs> are going to be interested enough in, in checking out uh, the session that you guys are doing at Congress. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I think I'm going to make the time to to check it out, come off the trade show floor and, and check it out. Um, I want to hear some of those cringe stories. I want to hear uh, the mission um, statements that are the, the reasons. I think it's fascinating to find out, as you said, that authentic, um, you know, those authentic purpose that people have. It's always fascinating to find out how people think. So um, perhaps, perhaps we leave it there for now and, and uh, look ahead and look forward to, to January and, uh, and seeing you both there uh, at Congress. Yeah, yeah that's cool. So and promise to the audience, it won't be boring. We're going to have a lot of fun. It's not going to be a stuffy presentation. We're going to get people involved. It'll be, a, it'll be a lot of fun. Fantastic. Yeah, we're excited to see everyone. Awesome. I really appreciate uh, the time you guys have shared with us today and uh, hope, hope to talk again soon. Thanks so much, Scott. Awesome. Thanks, Scott. Thanks so much for listening to the Landscape Ontario podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I hope you'll consider sharing it with colleagues or maybe even your staff team. And please consider subscribing. It's free. New episodes come out every single month.